Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome to the Sick to You podcast. I am your host, Karina Parikh. I am a junior in high school and a Girl Scout from sunny San Diego, California. You are tuning in to the right place if you want to learn about mental health, wellness, and self-care. My mission with the Sick to You podcast is to encourage and inspire others to live a healthy and fulfilling lifestyle. I bring on special guests for each episode to share their perspectives and tips for sticking to your own journey and appreciating your self-value and self-worth. Thank you so much for being here. And without further ado, let's dive into it. Okay, we are live on the Stick to You podcast. Hey, Lily. How's it going? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me. Lily Podolsky is a 16-year-old junior in high school from Bellevue, Washington. She plays lacrosse and she's very involved with nonprofit organizations. She spends her extra time working on school clubs, volunteering, and spending time with her friends and family. Lily is also a big mental health advocate. She She just recently launched her own podcast called Fight For You. Fight For You shares mental health stories from a range of guests and presents how these experiences have led them to work towards self-love, self-worth, and self-care. Lily and I met at the School of the New York Times summer camp last year, and it was so awesome. Today, Lily and I will talk more about her mental health journey and how she's been able to find light during difficult situations. We both want to encourage you to find the light in your life and want to show you that's a possibility when we face hardships. I'm really honored that you're here with me, Lily, and I can't wait to get started. First off, um, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself, your hobbies, your clubs, your passions? Yeah, of course. So like Karina said, I live in Bellevue, Washington, which is like a very rainy place, very cold. So lacrosse is kind of interesting because it is a spring sport. Um, I'm very involved in school. School is my number one priority always. I'm a part of like every club you could think of. Um, I'm a part of the foster care system club, cooking for the homeless, the hiking club, the spirit club, and I'm also a vice president of a tech club. So lots of clubs. I'm also the president of um, a nonprofit organization called Friendship Circle, which works with kids that have disabilities, and it's been a dream working with them. Um, I love it, and I feel very blessed, and it makes me realize, like, wow, I'm so lucky and it's just another reason like for mental health like why I want to fight for others um yeah and I just love traveling like you said we met in New York which is literally my favorite place (laughs) in the world um and I miss it so much during COVID yeah that's awesome I love that you're part that you are a part of a bunch of nonprofit organizations I think that's so that's so cool were you always like interested in that or did you just like recently become more interested through high school I've always been very outgoing and wanting to be a part of every single thing I can be of, but I am very competitive. So at the same time, it's like, I want to be a part of everything, but I also want to be at the top of everything, which sounds terrible, but um, I've always been really out there and tried to get myself into anything that I can, um, which has been really great and has had a really good uh, response back on me and how I perform and everything. Yeah, that's awesome. I kind of feel like I'm the same way. Like, I like to be a part of everything. I just, I mean, I don't like to like, I don't know, I feel like I'm missing out on things if I'm not a part of it. I just, part of one, I'm like, okay, well, that one's gonna miss out. And 
And then I start thinking about everything that I miss out on. And then I'm like, okay, I'll just join that too. Yeah, it's always so much fun. And I love that high schools give you the opportunity to like learn more about yourself. And also, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then when did you start recognizing that you were struggling with your mental health? Did, do you mind sharing your mental health journey with all yeah, of us? of course. Um, so I am, like I said, 16 years old. I'm a junior now. And I've had a very long journey with mental health. And I actually really saw myself struggling going into sixth grade. So I was a baby then. Um, I'm young for my grade, March birthday. So 11 years old, um, very young. I had just moved home from uh, Texas. And I had just lost my parent, my cousin, <laughs> and my parents had just gotten divorced and I had just moved back. So it was really hard to like rekindle myself into the group. And that was really when I saw myself go into like a deep spot where I was like, oh no, like what's happening. And as any sixth grader would, I just didn't understand it. Um, so it's been a pretty long journey for me. Um, yeah. Yeah, those are like three big like lifetime events and yeah. in a very short amount in a very of time. short span. I'm yeah. yeah, like how did you deal with that? That seems really difficult. Yeah, so I honestly tried to forget about like everything, <laughs> which is my advice for others that you have to like let yourself go through the pain. And I know it's not the best, but to go through the pain is the only way that you can come out and recover from it. And I did not let myself feel the things that were happening to me. I kind of pushed it all down, which as I got older and into seventh and eighth grade, I saw myself, them all coming back up, all of the things that I had pushed down in the beginning of sixth grade. And then I saw myself struggle again because I had forgotten about everything or I tried to make myself forget about it. And I think that that's really where I learned where like you have to feel what you're feeling and you have to let yourself because otherwise, I mean, that happens. You you end up in a really dark space dealing with all of that at once. Yeah, I think that's a very normal response. Because yeah. I don't I mean, I'm sure a lot of people like won't experience the same exact thing as you, but I think that um I think that's a very normal response. Like I I think in in like different aspects of our life, I feel like we do like just kind of like bury like things on top yeah. of each other because we don't want to face it but I think yeah I, I kind of think that's just something normal mm-hmm. and I think it's it's also something that you kind of have to go through in order to find the light do you agree yeah, with I absolutely agree I feel like I had to do that and then like let myself feel it all to be able to realize like okay I can get out of this like there's light at the end of the tunnel um so I I definitely agree Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. And then how did you begin finding the light when you started and you like realized you were struggling and like, how did you, yeah, find the light? Yeah. So, um, like I said that I lost my cousin, I, as I grew older, I started to find out a lot more because as a young age, you, they don't want to tell you everything. Right. And as I, um, discovered more, I found a organization called NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Health and mental illness and I really saw myself like look at that website and read through their stuff and that really inspired me um but another thing that has always been my big inspiration is uh, my uncle who is my cousin's dad um he really proved us all that 
no matter like what had happened that we all had to keep living and he started doing the craziest things like swimming Alcatraz and <laughs> doing ski tournaments and it was stuff that we had never seen him do and we were like where did this come from and it really inspired me and I know it inspired my brothers and my parents that like I we can't stop living because this had happened and I think something that really inspired me was I was like he couldn't live anymore um so now I'm gonna live on for him and that's definitely something where I wake up every day and I'm like okay you got this it's another day another time like you can restart if you need to you can continue on and that's definitely where I saw myself be like you got to do it for max and I think that was for me the biggest inspiration I know that inspires other people that have also gone through something similar but it was definitely a hard thing for me to realize that I had to do because when that stuff like that happens, you're like, okay, like, I'm just going to forget about it because you don't want to feel the pain. But totally. yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's so difficult to go to like, experience something yeah. like that. And I, yeah, it, it, that is just a very challenging thing to overcome. And I'm just curious. So I know that you were saying that you knew, I'm sorry, that you were, that you were pretty young when this happened. Yeah. And you were a little bit like, not like confused, but you didn't know exactly what was happening. When did you start like realizing like what happened? Um, so it happened when I was in fifth grade and all I kind of knew was that Max had passed away. But as I grew older, like middle school, like I said, I started having more questions. And as a middle schooler does, you have a phone and I started to look stuff up. And that was something that I regret on my own journey because I started to find more information out and understand more um by even looking up his name there was news stories on it and it was like oh I didn't even know this and then you ask more questions and I feel like that for me was how I started asking more questions just because I was like I was curious I had never understood and when I did try to bury my feelings down I saw myself losing a lot of those memories because I like made myself and that's where I think I really struggled because I noticed at the end of middle school that I had lost a lot of memories of my parents when they were together. I lost a lot of memories of my cousin on trips and when we visited. And I feel like that's never something that you want to lose, especially if you lose someone because that's all you have after. And so that's definitely where I regret. But um, that's also when I started asking questions. Yeah. And what resources did you reach out to for help? Like, yeah. I know that's really hard at such a young age. So I was just I'm kind of curious, like, did you like, ask a parent or a counselor? I am surprisingly a person that does not like to talk, um, which is wild, right? Because now we're here. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're really talkative. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Everyone's like, you're so talkative. Um, but I've always wanted to be the friend that's the one that's always helping. So I was always like, don't, don't look at me like I'm totally fine, you know, which everyone does at some point. But I was really struggling. And you could tell um, when I struggle, I feel like you can just see it through me. <laughs> so my parents knew, um, which gave me a little bit of strength. And I went to counseling. I went to therapy. Um, and I hated it. Uh, like every little kid probably would if you don't have a, if you don't have someone that you like. And I feel like that's really where you have to connect um, in therapy and you, that's where your growth is shown is really when you like them 
because you don't want to talk to just a stranger and you don't like them. Um, And I had really bad luck. I did not like who I was talking to. Um, So I, I gave up on it. And that was a really hard thing because I saw myself really being like, I needed that, but I couldn't push myself to go and get it, you know? And so as I grew older, um, I, about freshman year, I realized that I wasn't getting better. And I realized everything was coming back. And I was like, oh no, like, what am I going to do? Like, you could obviously see it. I was like, okay, I'll go to therapy again. I was like, I'll give it a chance, mom. And I gave it a chance and I loved who I was talking to. Um, And I was going weekly, but still as the very hyper energetic person that I was, I was hiding it from my friends, um, from everything. I was like, oh, I'm going to go do extra lacrosse practice today or whatever it was. And I feel like as I grew older, I'm really proud of my mental health journey um, where I am today. And if anybody was to ask, are you going to therapy? I'd be like, yeah, I am. And um, like you said, um, therapy helps and it's nice to talk. But I also started on medication, which I know a lot of people are against, um, but some people are just against medications. But I've seen it really help. Um, And I'm even... I have full control over it where I'm like, if I want to go lower on a dose, I can ask. And like, so I've really, over the years, I've grown my voice and I feel like I can really use it now, which has been a very good strength to me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. Congrats. Like, that's honestly amazing. I, I really look up to you for that because I think it's super challenging, like you said, because I think a lot of people have like that same experience with therapy where we don't really find like the right therapist the first time and it kind of just scars them. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, I'm just not going to find anybody else. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did I'm just kind of curious, like, did it take, like, what was like the, I don't know, like the time span between like the first therapist you saw and like the one you see now? It took forever. I saw one when I first started middle school and I hated her. Sorry if you're listening, but <laughs> um, I did not like her. I just did not bond with her, um, and I gave up on it, and I refused. I, like, refused to go. Um, and open up to someone if you don't, like, feel comfortable. with them, and if you don't feel comfortable with them, why would you open up to them? It's your story. It's So I really was, like, strong-hearted. I was like, I will not go, and I did find someone who I really liked, but she was a little easy, if that makes sense. Like, I was like, I need it harder. Like, you got to come out. Like, I need the real, the real solutions. And so I took a break from her and I found a new one. Um, and this gets into the more recent years. And I just, I gave it a chance. I like promised myself that I would. Um, as you grow up, I feel like talking is a great thing. And I promised myself that I would give it a shot, but I had not had very good luck. And I'm still looking for a good one today. Um, yeah. But I mean, I think if my piece of advice about therapy was, you can't knock it till you try it. Um, yeah. And I mean, you might not like the person. Go on, move on to the next. And uh, people are really scared to end their relationship with a therapist. Um, and my mom was like, "It's fine. Like this happens to them all the time." So I just keep that with me, and I'm like, "Okay, like on to the next." How did you know that you, like, wanted to see a therapist? Because I think that's, like, a hard thing for people to, like, to know. Accept and know. Yeah, absolutely. I did not want to talk to my parents. And 
the little brain in my back of my head was like, okay, therapist, you'll never see them again, <laughs> right? You'll never see them again. They won't tell your parents, whatever it is. And that pushed me a little bit, but it was a big push on my parents' part um, because they knew that I needed it and they wanted the best for me. And to this day, I really appreciate them for that and for them pushing me. Um, but in the moment, I hated them for it. And I was so resistant to it. But I definitely learned a lot from therapy. Therapy gave me a lot of skills to cope with anxiety, cope with depression, cope with anything, honestly. Um, it was even just like a safe space to speak. Um, if you're having friend issues or boy problems or you did bad in a sports game, it was kind of like, okay, we'll just talk about this today because it's all on you. Um, it's what you want to talk about. That's great. Like it's a way to like channel out your feelings. Absolutely. And I, I also journal. Um, I don't know if you journal at all, but yeah, I literally have like stacks of journals and I love it. And anytime I find a new one, I always buy it and I get in trouble um, because my mom knows how many I have. But journaling has always been an outlet for me. And I always do it before I go to bed. And I try, this is actually my goal for this year. I try to write every morning things that I'm grateful for, um, just to reassure me. And then when I go to bed, I go back to the list and I check off like something that I did to not prove, but show how grateful I was today for that thing. I so. love that. That is such an amazing idea. Because I think, I mean, no one can go wrong with gratitude. That's just amazing. And I love that you're doing that. And um, like, how did you like, when did you start that? Or like, how did you get into journaling? I've been journaling for years. I love writing. Um, writing is probably the best outlet I've ever found. Um, and to me, it's almost like therapy, just because I've had such bad luck with therapy. I've almost seen journaling as a therapist but no one's talking back. And so I just kind of talked to myself in my journal and I have found it really helpful. And I, the way I journal personally is I like to write out like how I'm feeling or whatever. And then I like to solve my own problems. <laughs> A little bit like math. Um, I like to solve them myself and then work on them. And I will go back to them every day and see how I've grown from them or how I need to help myself with that and I do it daily and if I'm bored I journal and if I have a little extra time I journal and I just put some headphones in and I just journal and I found it like the most amazing outlet like I could recommend anything journaling I love that I think everyone can find their outlet like people have their different like outlets but I love that you found journaling and that's such a cool outlet because you can just like write down all of your feelings you get them out and it just it's super effective, I think. I've done it before, and it just like it's it's nice to just like write like stories to yourself. Like no one's gonna see it, so yeah. say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, I found I found it really really amazing and a great outlet for me. So that's that's so cool. Yeah. And something else that you mentioned earlier was that you were kind of afraid to like share your mental health journey with your friends or share that you were going to therapy. Mm -hmm. How did you overcome that? Or like. I feel like, I guess, like, now you probably are more open about it. Yeah. But How did I overcome that? Um, That's a big fear. Like, just telling you know, people. That was one of my worst fears. 
that was one of my worst fears. As I said, I am super competitive. Um, and any sort of defeat or anything like that to me was terrible. And so I was really hiding behind my mental illness for a really long time. And I would not admit that I was going through something. And I would say freshman year, so two years ago, I kind of just grew out of it. I realized that I'd been helping people for so long that there's no way that people don't think I was going through something. Like people are like, how do you know this? How are you so helpful? Like, why are you so, why do you know so much about this? And people have always told me that I have a really old soul and that I'm very mature and I've learned to take it as a compliment. Um, I used to hate it actually, which is so weird because it is a compliment. Um, but I used to take it as you'd been through too much. You've had too much trauma or whatever it was. And I've really learned to use it as a power, um, on my side. And I kind of just gave up on hiding. I was like, I cannot hide it forever. (laughs) And I know that there was other people that I knew struggling, but no one had known that I'd been struggling for years and that I had many outlets and many services to my advantage. And so there was a part of me that was like, you have to use what you learned. So I did. (laughs) And uh, if people started to talk about mental health, I would share back and word gets around, um, people learn quickly. Um, and it was just known that I had always struggled. People that had known that I had a hard past, had been through some stuff. Um, but now I use my journey as a power. And I think at some point everyone will get there. Um, and I'm obviously still fighting every day, a mental illness and mental illness is definitely something that does not go away. Um, and I have some really bad days still as a 16 year old who's been fighting it for three, four, five, almost seven years. Um, and I've, I've just learned it doesn't go away. You're going to have bad days. Um, but I've used it to my power and I talk to my parents now and I'm able to go upstairs crying and (laughs) do whatever I need to, because I know that it will be better for me in the end. And that was something that I really struggled to learn. Um, because I used to like not want to cry in front of my parents. I would like tell them what's wrong and then I'd turn away (laughs) and they'd be like, you don't have to turn away. I'd be like, "Mm, I don't want to show defeat, but it's not defeat. It's literally not defeat. It's just a little less power that you gain in the long term. Totally. I love that. You you worded that like perfectly. I was like, how do I word this? (laughs) Yeah, that should not be a defeat at all. And I think that's something that's kind of common in our society um, that we kind of just want to hide everything, especially with social media. I think that we just like to hide behind a screen, like to like just show only like the perfect side of um the perfect side of us which is honestly not true and you can't judge a book like judge a book by its cover and I just think that's so true I don't know if you no, I totally agree with you um that it's really hard to in the in our society now the stigma on mental health is just terrible and it's behind it is that you're weak and you it's, it's mainly that you're just weak and that you can't fight for yourself. And that like breaks me. (laughs) That just like breaks me because I'm like, 
I know that everybody is worth fighting for themselves. And I know that everybody can fight, but there has to, they have to find that little bit of hope and the stigma around it. You ask people, you're like, do you like, do you understand the stigma around mental health? And they, some people say no. And it blows my mind that some people are like, I don't understand it. And I'm like, okay, well, it's terrible. Um, people think it's bad if you get help, um, which is not true. Um, yeah. at all. Like <laughs> you, if you are able to understand that you need help and you do that, that only shows power. Um, yeah. And only- I also think that mental health is related to every person. I don't think it's just people that struggle with like mental oh. illnesses or something like that. Just, I don't think that's true. I think it, I think it's like relatable no. to every type of person. And I think a lot of times People are just like, oh, that doesn't, that doesn't apply to me, which is not like, I don't, I just don't agree with that. I don't agree with that either. And I, I think that's really where our society goes wrong is it's like, mm, it's them, not me. Like, you know, except everybody goes through something. I mean, your mental health can be affected by school. Your mental health can be affected by friends. There's so much that your mental health can be affected by social media even um, affects me in a very, very large setting. And I know that it does with other people. Totally. Yeah. And I guess like the reason why I started this podcast was mainly because I just, it's, it's not because I like, I've been fighting for mental illness. It's because I feel like it's applicable to any person. And I think we just need to be more open to that in our society. And I've, I was just, I was a part of a program at my school called PALS. And that just kind of like opened me up to like student connectivity and wellness. And it was just something I could never really really knew about too much until I entered that program and like now it's now it's just like something I'm like yeah it's awesome like I think everyone needs to value it and yeah yeah and I think everybody needs to take care of themselves um people don't realize how much they need to actually take care of themselves I feel like it's something that everybody just like forgets about a little bit um that like you also have to take care of yourself um I think people are like if I'm taking care of myself by like going out every day like I'm fine it's just not how it works um you have to take time to like let yourself feel your emotions you have to take time to let yourself relax off social media all of those things really really factor into mental health sleep any of them um you could be struggling a little bit and you could have those factors just go up no sleep all social media all friends, I think personally, this might just be my opinion, but I think that affects your mental health an extreme amount if you're just constantly going and going. Yeah. And I think now it's just so different because we are not like, not all of us are like, I don't know, we're not all like super, super busy now. I mean, yeah. we're in a different way. And so I'm just curious, like, how do you think um, quarantine and the, pand- and the pandemic has affected your mental health? Yeah, absolutely. I really saw myself struggle, actually. I was in a really great place when COVID started happening. I was really happy, and I was feeling myself do great. Um, But in the back of your head, it's always like, oh, this might not last, like, as someone who's been fighting mental illness for a while. um, It definitely affected me because I had nothing to do. So all I had to do was think. And thinking can be such a terrible thing in such a dark place. And at the beginning of uh, COVID, when we were only quarantining and we were seeing nobody at all, it was just a constant, like, every day was the same thing. Um, 
I would wake up, keep the lights off, turn the TV on, go back to bed. Be on my phone all day, go to bed. And it was this constant, it was almost like I was in a dark place, but I was also like in a dark place because I was only in the dark. I would never turn my lights on. I would never get up. I would maybe change, maybe. <laughs> I mean, there was no motivation for anybody. Um, and so I was like, eh, okay, I don't need to do anything either. Um, and so it really affected my mental health because all I could do was think. And with thinking comes lots of researching and looking at more. And I would go back and look through pictures of me and my cousin. And I'd go through pictures of my parents when they were together. Um, and that just made me think how much I had been affected by mental health because I always would kind of push it off as like, mm, I dealt with some stuff, but I'm totally okay. Um, but I always knew that I struggled with anxiety and I struggled with a little bit of depression, but quarantine made me realize like, okay, like you can't just like thinking and thinking is so bad. And like, I never will just like, my mom was like, are you going to get out of bed yet? And I was like, yeah, I will. <laughs> um, but I never did. So I really saw myself struggle. Yeah. I think a lot of people like kind of felt the same way in the sense that like, we all have so much more time to reflect on our lives and yeah. it's just so difficult because you never, you never usually do that. Um, and reflecting comes with a lot of ambition too. Um, I thought a lot about my future um, and with my future thinking about it, I was very motivated to get exactly what I wanted. And I would look at the college that I would be interested in that month and I would tie myself up for every seminar Um or I would, like, it was just, like, a constant, what can I do to make my chances better for my future? And it was a constant, like, plan of, like, this is one life that I could have. This is another life that I could have. And I feel like a lot of people went through that. But with that ambition, I was very ambitious to get what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, I kind of felt like I needed to be doing something. Because I just, like, I felt like I just couldn't sit down and do nothing. During I quarantine I was like I have to do something like what project can I work on what like assignment or what like different like club can I join or something I just kind of felt like that and I think other people can relate to that too because I, I totally agree no one I think it's just it's so unusual for our society to just like be sitting and like oh my gosh we're never it's never like a normal thing in our society to not be doing anything it's like not normal so when we were put in this unusual situation, it was like, what do we do now? Like, can you agree with that? Do you yeah, agree? it's also kind of like the American, like, culture um, or, like, work style. I don't know if that's, like, the right word, but, um, like, the way we're just, like, go, 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 go. So yeah, I, agree. Just, I feel like we're just constantly on the move. Um, I completely agree. And it's always, like, new things, too. Um, it's just, like, adding and adding and adding. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, what would be your general like wellness tips for other teens or young adults? Um, well, journaling. Good question. Journaling. No, no, no. I have more things that I can I can say. Um, I have found self care very hard for myself. Um, I struggle with body image. Um, a little. A large amount I like to say a little bit but I do struggle largely with body image and I feel like any teenager does um totally. yeah. so I really found myself able to understand that I have to take time for myself um and so weekly 
I also, like you said, we're just so busy. I'm constantly checking my phone, checking what I need to do, responding to emails, responding to texts. So I've given myself, I have a whole schedule planned out on my wall. Like it's, I'm crazy like that. Um, hour, no phone, relax. And during that hour, I will just like put on music. I'll do a face mask. <laughs> um, I'll do whatever I can to literally forget about like everything that I had been doing. And I don't think, okay, maybe forget's not the right word, but to maybe like put yourself into like the relaxation spot. For me, that's just relaxing, listening to music or playing lacrosse. For other people, I definitely think that could be if you like to like work on like your hair, like curling it or whatever it is. Honestly, self-care is so important that you take your time for yourself off your phone. Um, Off your phone. Only tip. Do not have your phone you're perfectly fine. (laughs) Like that's definitely my big tip. Um, I read a lot. Um, but I read a lot about mental health. (laughs) Um, and I actually read a book called the power of now, um, that changed my mindset completely about life. Um, and cause I used to struggle with really being in the moment. And I feel like a lot of people do, especially now. So if I could recommend anything, I really took time to read that book. I actually read it five times. Oh my gosh. Wait, so what's the book about? Okay. So it's pretty much about living in the moment. Um, just being in the moment and it's pretty much tips and strategies. And there's also, they have like statistics statistics um and so it was it amazed me I'm to say the least like I would absolutely recommend it to you I read it over and over again I would get to a point and I'd be like that's so good and I would restart the whole book I I have like five of them and they're all highlighted and (laughs) I write them and when I find something like very very important that I on that I see I write it down and I make it one of my goals to work on and then when I keep reading, I will go back to my old goals and see how I've come. Um, I think reading is a great way to relax, but I think reading about mental health and yourself and learning your body and things like that brings it to a next level where it like calms you so much because with anxiety, if you don't know how to take care of yourself in the middle of an anxiety attack, what are you going to do? Um, I mean, you can read instead of talk to a therapist. Um, there's like so many alternatives if you get what I'm saying. That is such a good idea. Wow. I'm so like impressed with you. Just like, I love that you like, you like you're highlighting things, like making it your goal. Like that's awesome. Like, I love that you're doing that because it's like proactive. Like you're doing something for yourself, like proactively. Does that make sense? I totally understand that. And thank you. I mean, it takes a lot of time. and I'm still learning every day and I'm still finding, I'll find like a new book. <laughs> this is my list, whatever. So yeah. What's the book called again? I'll put it in the show notes too. The Power of Now. The Power of Now. Wow. That's, that's so cool. Like, I just love that you're like, I read it five times. <laughs> I know. It's so bad, but I, I will definitely send that to you too. Um, and then I use a book also that's called um, Feel Your Best it's, I love pink. Um, it's a pink little book and it has, it's honestly something that I do every day and that I would recommend. I'll also send that to you if you want to put it in the show notes. Um, but, um, it has 
where all these questions and it's formatted so that you can answer them and then you can see your progress. Um, and I like love it. I'll be like bored and I'll be like, oh, I'm gonna go fill this out, like a new page today. Um, it has day sets where you can write things that you wanna accomplish and then you go back and you see if you've accomplished them or you put your long long-term goals, your short-term goals, anything like that. It's, that's like a big thing for me. I like to write everything out. I like to see on paper. Um, and I think that's definitely what motivates people when you see it, you're like, oh, I have to do that. Um, yeah. Definitely. Okay. This is a really good idea for everyone that's listening. I'm going to start doing this, like starting to like write down like your goals from like, from things that you read. Yeah. Like, checking it. That's a good, like, motivation like source of motivation because you have those like check boxes or something yeah. you want to like check and them off block, you feel so good it's like the best feeling when you're like oh, i accomplished that um that you'll you will see it is like the best feeling that you're like i just did that and it makes you feel like okay like i can keep doing this like yeah. i have the ability to do it which is honestly the best feeling yeah i just recently started doing something so I have a calendar um, on my phone. I think everyone has a calendar, but then I've also started to do like a to-do list like every day where I just have like everything I need to do and like a general like out, like a general like time frame that I want to like finish it in or like complete something. And I know that might not work for everyone, but for me that like that's been super helpful because like having an actual like daily to-do list is super helpful because you can't include everything in your calendar and just I know my calendar would be so full. Um, no, I think that's also a great idea. I do the same thing. I have my calendar and then I have this little marble board that's next to my bed. Um, I just wake up in the morning. Before I even get up, I go through it and I write everything I need to do. Um, and I think it really motivates you. Do you find yourself being a lot more motivated with the time frame and like what you need to do being seen on paper? Oh, totally. Because I think I procrastinate a lot. And so this just helps me to like, get my like, I don't know, get everything together. And so I know what I'm doing in an organized list of like different things. And I usually include things that I know I probably won't accomplish too in that day, just so I have like a general idea of like what I could be doing. Yeah, I agree. Sometimes I get lost and I'm like, oh, what could I be doing right now? Um, yeah. It just helps me. I know, I know people have their different things, but that's just an idea. I agree. I, I love that idea too. Yeah. And something I admire about you too, is that you're like a big mental health advocate on Instagram and social media. Um, have you always been like, I know you kind of said that you weren't always like so open to like, to basically like talking to your friends and stuff about that, but have you always like started like posting on social media about mental health? Yeah. Um, well, first off, thank you. Um, I also very admire you for your podcast. Um, <laughs> the work you're doing is great. And I have never, I was never like that. I was always the kid that wanted to help others, but never wanted to talk about myself. Um, and I took that to full strength on during quarantine and COVID. And the first time I ever came out about my mental health was national suicide month wasn't very long ago um very recent thing september right mm -hmm. yes very very that was two months ago was the first time i ever came out about my mental health and i had been working on the podcast for months but i had never like 
put it out there. And I've always reposted the mental health stuff and all that. But the last two months, my I've made it my goal to put anything out there that motivates, pushes people, anything like that, because I didn't have that. And I wanted to be that for somebody else. And it was scary to say the least, putting my story out there. I put it in an Instagram post with um, pictures of me looking very happy. Um, And in the caption, I said, these photos were all taken at some of my darkest times in my life. And that to me can be like the scariest thing because those photos I look great in. (laughs) I look very happy and I look like I am living my best life. But when you look into it and you look behind the photo, it's like some of my darkest times. Um, And I said in my caption a little bit, like makeup does a lot and covering it up in a happy face, it changes a lot and it changes your mindset even that it's like, nah, I'm fine now. But behind the photo, there's so much. And I think that's really where I learned um, that. I had to kind of show the real me and I put it out there on Instagram so that I could have the accountability that it was going to be my goal to show more of the raw me. And I actually have people reaching out to me saying that I've done that. And that warms my heart because it's like, oh my gosh, like people are realizing and people are reaching out to me saying how much they needed my posts and my stories. And that to me is like the most like exciting thing because you just feel like you're actually making a difference. And I've always wanted to make a difference with mental health. Um, and I'm finally doing that. And it's, it's touching to me. It's, it really makes me like almost emotional because I feel like I've had such a long journey and to know that I'm helping other people right now is like the happiest thing ever. (laughs) No, definitely. That is so amazing. Amazing. And I love that you're putting yourself out there because it is so hard, like you were saying, just to cover everything up with like happy moments um, because people really just don't know what's going on in someone else's life. And I love that you're being that for other people as well and showing them like it's a, like that you can really be open on social media. And that also like you're just kind of like sharing like you're just sharing like the story behind your posts as well, which is awesome because I think that like, yeah, like you were saying, like oftentimes like people don't, wouldn't know that if they just saw the picture. Yeah. So I, it's been a long journey, but I'm really happy that I can finally like put myself out there on Instagram and to know that it is doing something is like the biggest, the best feeling. Yeah. That's awesome. And I want to talk about your podcast. That is so exciting. Can you tell me a little bit more about the mission of Fight For You? So Fight For You is my podcast. It um, is a mental health podcast, obviously. And the mission statement is really just to break the stigma and share other people's stories who have experiences where they can give other people not only hope, but also resources and information. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. And what what has the response been to your podcast so far? I know you've released a couple of them so far. I've only released two, which is crazy. My next one's coming out. Um, the response has been amazing. Um, I did not expect the response. I actually had 900 listens in the first four hours of my first episode. 
And that is um, amazing. I was like, so it was so heartwarming to know that like people were listening and it was scary because it was my story um, that had never been shared. And a lot of people were texted me and was like, I never knew this happened to you. And it almost was like, I feel so bad. Like they didn't know that they could do anything. Um, but the response has been so amazing. And I'm starting to have people actually reach out to me asking to be on the podcast, which is like insane because it's some people I don't even know. And I'm like, wow, you saw this and it blows my mind. Um, but the response has been really amazing and it's, it really inspires me. Wow. I, 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 that's so amazing. I'm just, yeah, congrats again. That is so awesome. And I, yeah, I love that you're putting yourself out there. I know I said that a few times already, but I just really, really admire that because I think it's so easy, especially like as a young age, we're going through so many things to just not want to like show our, in a way, flaws, but they're not really flaws. They're actually what defines you as a person. Yeah, I agree. That's a great way to put it too. They're not flaws. It's really just what defines us and what makes us who we are today. Um, that was a great way to say it. So yeah. <laughs> what does the future look like for Fight For You? Um, we're coming out with stickers and, which is exciting. I had my logo actually just got finalized today, um, which is so exciting. Um, and I have a lot of guests coming on. I have some influencers coming on, which is really exciting. Um, the future is looking bright for Fight For You. Um, I actually got reached out to by a magazine, a newspaper, um, that found out about it. It's, um, so they're going to be writing a story about me. Um, I have a page in the school newspaper that they're writing. Um, lots of things coming out. Um, and I know you probably had some similar stuff, um, for your podcast, but yeah, it's, the future is looking bright and it's really, really exciting because I've never, really found a passion that makes me want to like get up every day and keep working and I feel like this is what I've needed for the last seven years uh, and so it's really really nice. I am so happy for you and I love that this is a, this has become like your happy place and also just an outlet for you because honestly like for me podcasting has become an outlet. I love talking to people just all sorts of different types of people because it's stuff that I don't, I feel like I don't normally talk about, but like it's becoming like more normalized. And then also like you just get to like hear more about a person and it's awesome. Um, what some people have been through and that they have the courage to share it with you, a stranger almost, um, blows my mind and really is so inspiring that there are people out there that go through the same struggles that you have also been through and that have come out happy and healthy. And that should keep everybody going at the end of the day. Like there is another person who has gone through it, who has come out of it. Um, and yeah. Yeah, there is always, there. yeah, there's always a way out. I feel like sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and we just don't really see like the end. But I, I mean, I feel like there's not really an end, but there's always like a light at the end of the tunnel. I, I completely agree. Oh, that's so awesome. Thank you so much, Lily, for joining. Thank you for having me. I, I'm very happy and very honored to be on your podcast as well. 
Oh, thank you. Yes, I, I seriously think that everything that you said will resonate with others. And so I'm so grateful that you joined. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Lily, for being a guest. You are doing so many great things with Fight For You, and thank you for sharing your mental health journey with all of us. You are so inspiring, and I love hearing your perspective on destigmatizing mental health. For everyone listening, Lily's tips on journaling were super cool, and I think it's a fantastic idea to write down what you're grateful for and what your goals are each day. Thank you for the book recommendations of Feel Your Best and The Power of Now. I will put those in the show notes below. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I am so appreciative of your support. If you have any suggestions, advice, or feedback for the podcast, go check out the feedback form linked below and on my Instagram account. You can also email or DM me as well with anything If you are enjoying the podcast, you can also follow, subscribe, and rate us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. Make sure to carve out some time for yourself and stick to you.